0: Welcome to The Reprogram, where we reveal and heal the programs our nervous system picked up along our lives to protect us, where our children's improved behavior is a byproduct of the safety we've reclaimed in our bodies, where we use neuroscience to bring us back to love, and where we bravely heal ourselves so our children don't have to. Intergenerational trauma ends with us, I see you, I'm with you, I am you. Let's reprogram together. All right, everyone. I really don't think I am overselling when I say that after this conversation, you will be forever changed because we are talking about the concept of matrescence, which is completely missing from our culture and is so beautifully able to unlock And free us from the shackles of self-judgment and internalized patriarchy. And we're going to talk about it with the beautiful, wonderful Jacqueline Kelly all the way across the pond from Ireland. Hello, Jacqueline.
1: Uh, Hello, Anne. Lovely to be here with you.
0: Oh, my goodness. I... Cannot wait to be told all about matrescence in your beautiful lyrical Irish voice. I'm,
1: well, actually, um, I'm Scottish, so <laughs> I'm,
0: okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've I've lived
1: here long enough that people in Scotland would say I sound more Irish. So you're you're forgiven for that uh, mistake. It's easily done. But I'm Scottish and live here in Ireland.
0: Oh well, the combo you've found is beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes, I found you on Instagram. Your handle is Our Brave Hearts, which I just love. Is that a nod to Braveheart? <laughs> no,
1: and you would not be the first to have asked that. Um, I recognize I accept what I have brought onto myself um, with that name. But in actual fact, the, the name originates from the recognition of my own brave heart and the brave heart of the women, the brave hearts of the women who contact me and who we 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 work together, we talk together. So it's in recognition of myself and all the other mums who have such brave hearts.
0: Ah, uh, you guys. I mean, just get ready for this woman. Seriously, you can tell already. You can tell. And it's such spiritual warriorship on the feminine side, right? We picture brave heart with the blue face mm. and the kilt and the sword. But we are on the front lines of raising this next generation, and it takes such courage, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that.
0: Mm, so please, you. I'm just here to receive. Like, please tell us. Just say the word, matrescence. I love the way uh, you say it.
1: Matrescence.
0: Yeah, I uh, lo- I love
1: the word too. It, um, it has brought so much into my life.
0: Same, I mean, just in the small amount that I've uncovered and and I really do think you guys have been asking around I was just asking Jacqueline before we recorded all the podcasts I have been able to find about this topic are in from the u k or Australia. Hmm. Jacqueline is in Ireland. you've never spoken about this topic to a American podcaster right
1: no. yeah, I haven't so oh it's so exciting
0: <laughs> bringing it to the United States, yeah. you guys I'm so excited. Please tell us how you found Matrescence and what what it unlocked in you.
1: Oh, I absolutely would love to do that. And um, so I am a mum of two, and my oldest child, my boy, he just turned ten. So I have been in the motherhood trenches for just over ten years now, and. Mm-hmm but 2018 is the first time I ever heard the term matrescence, and I was already working as a life coach supporting mums who like myself were, were using language such as like I feel so lost in my motherhood I don't know who I am anymore I know that there's something in me that has changed dramatically but I can't quite put my finger on what it is and it was through my own experience of becoming a mum that led me to that point. So in 2018, I'm in my mother-in-law's kitchen and I get an email from a woman that I had been working with. And it was a short TED talk done by Dr. Alexandra Sachs. Okay. Google this. It's like yes. six and a half minutes. And and I watched it over and over and over again. And she's talking about this concept of matrescence. A new way to think about the transition into motherhood, and I remember just laughing and crying. It was like the full kaleidoscope of every emotion. I felt such mm-hmm. relief i was like there's a there's a name there is a name for all of these things that I've been speaking about individually, and i could I've never been able to connect the dots before, and then all of a sudden, I heard this term. And that was its introduction. That was my introduction to this life changing word because at that time I had felt, it fe- I had felt so disjointed, the conversations. All these mums were having similar conversations about this similar thing, and yet we couldn't name it. And yeah. that was my first experience of actually, there is what I now know to be a whole field of study, a whole room, rooms full of women, academics, scholars, uh, mothers who are talking about this, and they are putting language to the very things
0: that we feel so alone in. Putting language to the things we feel so alone in. Absolutely. And I know exactly what you mean. It's just same story, different details, right? Around feeling lost, feeling unworthy, feeling frustrated, feeling unfulfilled, feeling overwhelmed, all of these disjointed parts of us and to bring language to it and to anchor it down to this universal experience that looks different in everyone. But guess what? There's nothing wrong with you for feeling it. It's part of the package.
1: Yes, yes. That's exactly it. And now, in 2018, I made the mistake of being like, oh, my goodness, this is incredible to know. But I've been a mum for five years now, and this is really only relevant for new mums. It's really sure. only important for mums who are transitioning into motherhood. Right. So I kind of, I was so happy to receive the word. It was beautiful, loved it. And then I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm going to tell other mums about that because it's so important for the new mums. Right. However, time went on, and... I lost my own mother. My mother died in 2020 mm. and it was devastating. Absolutely. It still is devastating. And really the magnitude of motherhood, I was reminded mm. of there is no, it, there is no ending to the becoming of a mother. We don't have our baby and then that's us mums. My mother was always learning. I am always mm. learning. So At that time in 2020, matrescence, the concept, it became very much part of my life again. And this is probably when I really started to explore it. This is when I started to read about it, research it, get in contact with the the women who are, you know, carrying the torch of this word in this generation, studying with them, having them be my mentor, because I realized what I love about this work and, um, there are so many incredible women whose shoulders I stand on to be able to have this conversation with you today. Exactly. So, uh, you know, Dana Raphael, create, she was the woman who coined the term. Dr. In the Ar- 1970s.
0: Yes. She's an anthropologist.
1: Anthropologist. And
0: and how does she define it? Let's go ahead and just reveal what is matrescence, right? Yes. What, what is the definition?
1: So, um, Dana Raphael, mm-hmm. an anthropologist was looking at different cultures, societies, how they're made up. And at that time, from my understanding of her work, there was a real emphasis on marriage being a particular and important rite of passage for women. However, through the work of Dana Raphael, she was recognising that actually motherhood, the becoming of a mother, was a huge rite of passage for those who were becoming mothers. And it wasn't being recognised, perhaps, or documented or studied in as much as marriage was. And so this is where she coined this term matrescence the time of mother becoming. Mm. Dania Farrell is also the creator of the term doula as far as my way is. Yeah. So isn't it like these such meaningful important words and it makes so much sense. So she was looking at, you know, and discussing the idea of it's not when we have the baby in arms that that's us a mother now. And I think this is what's fascinating about it. And But the work of Donna Raphael was academic, and I believe um, through the work of the next champion and torchbearer of this, Dr. Aurelia Athen. Um, she's American, she's based in America, and she's a reproductive uh specialist clinical psychologist who worked with mothers Mm -hmm. and when she was working with lots of mothers she was hearing again supporting mums hearing the same things coming up time and time again and how she identified it is that there was no conceptual framework for mothers to refer to Mm -hmm. about their experience so it kind of is what you were touching on in terms of we're all feeling it but there's no universal way and her and a team of her students went digging through academic research to see if there was something and this is where they've come across Dana Raphael's work, and so Dr. Aurelia Athen took Dana Raphael's work and she has added to it, and she's expanded the definition. And it, you know, the the time of mother becoming that Dr. Aurelia Athen talks about, it's it's not about how we become mothers or how we become parents. So it's you know, adoption, IVF, fostering, surrogacy, mm-hmm. it, regardless of how we come to parenthood it still has such an incredible impact on us and the people that we are. And this recognition of, for some people, it's the moment they decide that they would like to have a child that they enter into. Mm -hmm. And so for me then, what matricence speaks to is the the magnitude of the changes that happen to us as individuals as we enter into whatever stage that may be for us, our journey to become a mother, to become a parent, and the impact that it has on every area of our life. It's not just related to the the physical changes in the pregnancy and the birth and in the, the baby being born, That's that's not it. Even though in many ways we're kind of encouraged to believe, that's it. You're a mum now. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You did it. It's over. Now you just take care of that baby.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the focus then is on a baby. And so then yes. after the work of Dr. Irelia Iri- Athen, Dr. Alexandra Sachs, with the TED Talk in 2018, she is also credited with being the next torch breather who, mm-hmm. who brought it more into mainstream conversation through that TED Talk. That's gone viral. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden now there are mums all over the world who have watched that, that are realising that's me like it 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 wasn't a case of me being happy or sad it was never a case of me being broken or okay Mm. it was never a case of being postnatally depressed or not postnatally depressed there is a whole spectrum here um, that this word matrescence has the potential to allow us to figure out our own experience of motherhood in a way that perhaps we've never been able to do before
0: Absolutely. And I've heard it referenced as similar to adolescence, where we have a woman's transition into motherhood, the physical, hormonal, social, emotional transitions that occur that completely change your sense of self, your view of the world, your priorities, your capacities, your personality, your body, right? And similar to adolescence, you can't go back to being a child. Yeah. And, and we still have this very I think, patriarchal view around what success looks like as a woman and as a mother. And we we get very attached to the old version of ourselves and thinking, like you said, just the, our culture, especially in the United States is all that I know, but it's, everything is focused on the physical process of delivery when you're pregnant. Yeah. Also, we focus on the objects. What do we need to buy? What do we need mm-hmm. to have? I, for me as a clinical therapist, I was reading books about child brain development in yeah. my pregnancy, which was very, uh, which was not normalized. I wanted to, how, how do I take care of this baby in the best way? Literally no one's talking to me about it. No doctor, no friends. And what was even more missing, which I didn't even realize was missing, was my process, my yeah. extreme transition into this new realm that most of us are just blindly Foibling through and judging the shiitake out of ourselves, like I yeah. like to say, because, like you said, it encompasses all aspects of change, of evolution, of becoming, and that looks different for every unique individual. Yeah, but oh, not, absolutely right. But but expecting ourselves to for it to be easy for it to be simpler for us to be able to still do the same activities or still perform in these old ways in our job or in our social life or in our exercise routine or in our emotional life is is setting us up for self-flagellation and shame.
1: Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of the recognition of the before and the after. And this is something that I have received as as much challenge as support in regards to how I have talked about what it felt like for me yeah. to finally allow myself to let go of the woman who I'd been, because I am no longer her. Right. and. Right. By clinging on to that version of myself, because in many ways, society encourages us to do that as if somehow, if you can just hold on, get through this, you're going to feel like yourself again, and you'll be back in control. Mm -hmm. And I think what that does is it robs us the opportunity of actually getting to know the version of of ourselves that emerges from those early days of motherhood, the intensity of it. Like I have, I feel like I have been turned inside out, upside down and, you know, my skin, I've shed the skin several times of all the versions of who I've ever been. And somehow that that can be very confrontational for a lot of people to, I think, enter into a conversation because who am I if I am not her? Yeah. And I think what happens is that by by encouraging us to focus on the past self and that she'll somehow come back into your life and take over and things will be... It also undermines, and I think it is a nod to the patriarchal motherhood structures that we are currently operating in, it, it undermines the magnitude of the role mm. of mother of what motherhood does to a woman what it does to her sense of self like her her search for self our individuation is hijacked when we have children because i i cannot separate myself in many ways from these little loves of my life mm. they will forever be my children and i will forever be their mother and at the same time i am me and i am you know still continuing on in my search for self but it's a change search for self. And I think understanding that the concept of matrescence exists, it gives us permission to actually be okay with exploring that without sounding dramatic, without sounding too much, without sounding like, why isn't she just getting on with it when every other mother in the world seems to be able to get on with it? Because in my experience, and I don't know if it's the same for you, Anne, but the minute we get an opportunity to peek behind other people's closed doors, I have found mothers who have found it difficult to put into words what it feels like for them to be in a life that they feel somewhat disconnected from but have felt uncomfortable about talking about because Mm -hmm. other people are quick to label it or diagnose it or say it's something based on what their perception is.
0: Without fail, I mean, personally, professionally, absolutely. And I think that, that stoicism that the old generation that we were raised by and and the ones before that was rooted in wanting to be the best parent for the children and rooted in love and protection. But we got such a one dimensional view of our mothers. A lot of the times as children where they shielded us from their anxieties, their uncertainty. I think a lot of mothers, at least in the United States were just um, also unfulfilled in Mm -hmm. the options for themselves and kept themselves really busy to avoid feeling, and and fe- and I and I always say there's this middle ground of being an authentic human in the home and not being an emotional mess where you're parentifying your child and they're yeah. your they're your therapist, right? That's not what I'm talking about. Again, we think in such extremes. We need to come yeah. to the middle. Where's the middle, right? Where's the where's the Venn diagram of needs, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that I see mothers still expecting themselves to be these stoic impervious, self-controlled uh kind of versions of themselves in front of their children. And yet culturally we've moved into respectful and gentle parenting, which yay, wonderful, absolutely. But I, I was just posting, I just had this light bulb moment yesterday around we've taken the two hardest parts of the old and the new and combined them mm-hmm. because we still think we don't get to have feelings. We have to be have all the answers be this stoic authority figure that is never uncertain, right, or never emotional or tired or exhausted yeah. or unfulfilled, and then we're also trying to give to our children something we don't have empathy, validation, space to space to discover themselves and their authenticity, space to assert their power. We still yeah. have it fully come to an integrated, sustainable place where our needs have got to be honored and they've been ignored for most of our lifetimes.
1: hmm yes, bravo, 100%. Um, and even with the things like gentle parenting and um, all the different labels that are applied to parenting, I, it, I cannot help but consider again, you know, how much are we setting ourselves and other mums up for failure? Because I certainly have found that having children has forced me to bear witness to the parts of myself that I've spent a lifetime disowning. Absolutely. The, the rage, the 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 parts of myself that when I am faced with them in the company of my children who are probably the only human beings that truly get to witness um their mother fully. Mm. Um in all of my glory. Yeah. How How is it possible, based on what you've touched on there, it has me thinking, Like, how is it in any way possible for me to offer that to them when I'm so repulsed by the very parts of me that I've not yet learned to integrate because I have been taught that they are shameful and that they are bad? So we're already trying to operate from a negative here and again at I, 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 something that perhaps we may never succeed at because again the label like conscious parenting gentle parenting all these wonderful i get it and i think the premises behind them of course are incredible but really we are talking about parenting like we are talking about you know the humanity of ourselves and what it's like to show up time and time again day in day out for these little people that it's so child-centred, and it's yes. not to say that it shouldn't be, but right. it goes back to this idea of, say, the intensive mothering ideology, this whole philosophy around the best type of parenting is done by the mother 24-7. The needs of the child must always come first, and the mother really doesn't feel in any way resentful at having to do that. So this has completely permeated our upbringings.
0: Absolutely. That's exactly what this podcast is all about. My work is all about. I feel similar to you, just a a pioneer in the space around it. I was for the last hundred years, there's been such a focus on the child, on child development, child research. Yes, yes, yes. So important. So wonderful. Yes. And progress is a process, right? And now, especially with this nervous system knowledge of Mm. how much we are communicating beyond the verbal, how much our children, like you said, they know us in our fullness, Mm. in our full glory, like you said, in all aspects of ourselves, they are attuned to us so naturally to read every bit of information coming from us, especially beyond our words. Mm -hmm. And all the parenting help is all still focused on what to say. Yeah. And I still think the gentle, conscious, respectful parenting movement is subtle behavior management, looking a lot better, a lot kinder, but we're still so deeply uncomfortable with their hard, dark, vulnerable, messy, complicated emotions because we haven't loved those parts of ourselves. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Like it's so difficult for me when I and I remember reading something and it took my breath away, quite recently. Um, mm. You know when you like you know the thing and yet sometimes it takes reading it and in and in just a different way that you're like, oh. and it was talking about you know the 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 anger or whatever the feeling may be that's directed at a particular behaviour. It's it's almost like that childlike feeling of I'm so angry in a way or frustrated that. You're de- demonstrating what I was never allowed to demonstrate. Yes, and I was like, again, it's those kind of moments where you're like, like, no wonder we're exhausted. We're trying to, we're trying to break cycles. We're trying to change the narrative. We're, we're trying to really deal with our own triggers and wounds that come up inevitably when we enter into parenthood. And at the same time, in the midst of all of that be better and do better just because we have different access to information now. So it, it like, yes. Yes. no wonder we're exhausted.
0: Absolutely. And, and it comes out so much too. Um, for me, it came out mainly in my partnership, mm. in my marriage, because there were aspects of my husband that I was unconsciously drawn to that were familiar with the parent I had the most challenging relationship with and that I had the least ability to be authentic and connected with in all of my states. <laughs> And similarly, he also was gravitated towards me because I represented and reminded his deeply subconscious patterns. And so it was interesting for my journey where I I really was able to provide that with my children um, mainly. And yet they were exposed to exactly what you said the childlike parts of me that would come out Mm. as rage towards my partner as all of the stuffed down, unprocessed, unreleased emotions of powerlessness and anger and defending myself like a child, like not able to be accountable. It baffles me how much we were just fighting with ghosts. Mm. And right.
1: Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that, for some, it can go in, in multiple directions. Some people, it does go towards their child, where their their child mimics something in them that they they have been trying to run away from their entire lives. And I want everyone to know nothing in you is bad, mm-hmm. right? Like this is the full spectrum of emotional experience that we it it's baked into our physiology. Our culture doesn't recognize it. Doesn't mean it's bad. We're changing mm-hmm. that. And, wh- and I, I, I love the definition of trigger that I read too, that really unlocked something in me, those moments of, oh, okay, well, I'm forever changed now, right? Mm. A trigger is showing us a place where we have yet to be able to be unconditionally loving. Oh, so, so like
1: painfully beautiful, isn't it? You're like, because it's so, it, it's so difficult towards to- Towards ourselves, not yes. towards our
0: child, not towards the other, towards yes. ourselves.
1: Yeah, because, you know, what kind of person is deserving of that unconditional love? And that's when it starts to bring up all those questions of what we believe to be true about ourselves in terms of, you know, what what kind of woman gets to live a life like this? Or what kind of woman makes time for herself? What kind of mother prioritizes her needs? And often it's the answer to that is so unique. But it, it, to get to that place of well, the kind of mother who truly values and loves Herself and believes that she is worth all of those things. And that's that's a light, that's a deep, deep, deep lifetime of conditioning Mm -hmm. being touched on right there. That scarcity, that somehow hidden but very felt sense of like I don't deserve to have that time because I haven't I haven't worked hard enough. I'm not that exhausted yet. And I think that prevails in the narrative modern motherhood today. A woman commented on one of my posts recently, where we're talking about the um, the invisible load, and I'm like, I don't understand why we're calling it the invisible load because you can see it. <laughs> it's and right I can, there. It's right like we we can all it's it's invisible to who?
0: Invisible? Yeah, who? Right, and
1: even, right. And it's not it's ignored. It's not mm-hmm. invisible. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it, you know when you have you're like, I can I can no longer stomach talking about this like this in the yeah. invisible load because we all know it's not. And then there was discussion, incredible rich discussions going on. And somebody commented, Well, why can't we, you know, reframe this to be something positive so that moms can take pride in their ability to manage all these things? Ooh. And I was like, I don't I don't think we're understanding where each other's coming from. And and the conversation developed into, and I think it's a very Deeply embedded patriarchal belief system here um that manifests as a well we can name we can be proud of juggling all these balls, we can be proud of how well we look after everybody else in our family. Right. we can be proud of you know the fact that it's me that does all these things for everyone else because the pride is attached to what we've been led to believe is a good mum right and and I just think. Every time I think that we're challenging that, I'm reminded of how deeply that runs. Like, what is a good mum? You know, what... And we all have a subconscious vision, image, character in there that we are comparing ourselves to. And I think very often that good mum is that really selfless, self-sacrificing mother who will run herself into the ground for her family because she's been led to believe that that's what love is. And I, I can't accept that.
0: Oh, I so agree, right? And, and that's that other, that pendulum swing of, okay, we were here with the patriarchy. Let's go all the way over here and take pride in doing every single thing for every other person. We, we maybe, maybe we won't be resentful if we're proud of it. It's unsustainable. It's beyond our capacity. And of course we're going to be resentful and stressed and it doesn't even serve those people well, actually. It's very codependent. Our culture, women are raised to be codependent. Yeah. Right?
1: And I think as well it feeds into, um, like there is then a tsunami of trouble coming down the line when our children are older and they realize that, my mother was never a selfless woman, but she tried to be. And I bore witness to her silent bitterness and resentment, mm-hmm. which was felt, but perhaps never acknowledged. And I, I can't accept that either.
0: Self-abandonment. I keep thinking yes. of that word. Yes, Just the subtle it. ways we self-abandoned, right? And that it's like a thousand, death by a thousand paper cuts.
1: Mm-hmm. And painful for everyone. Exactly. I- with this best of intention, sometimes with a mother's, you know, this is what I witnessed growing up, this is what I have been disciplined into believing is true, so therefore this is how I will behave. Even with the best of intentions, we are innately still people with dreams and hopes and desires and wants and wishes, so there, there cannot help but be resentment. And that feeds into then I feel right. guilty from my resentment because good moms don't feel resentful. So that just yes, reinforces yes, yes. this narrative.
0: Right. And you can say whatever you say all day long, but the resentment is felt. The resentment yes. will come out sideways. Yeah. The resentment will be transmuted through your nervous system, right? Yeah. Like we can't fake it. And, and I, I agree. I just think this culture, at least in the United States, and I'm sure it's similar, and, and where you live around... There's so much focus on the the physical, tangible parts of motherhood, the activities, the schedule, the food, the clothes, the amount of screen time, the amount of activities, the grades. And no one is talking about the experience of being in relationship with each other throughout our lives. I think of us like navigating being humans and bodies together. And I'm a little bit further ahead, but man, you're five and you have some wisdom that I need and that I cherish and that I'm listening to. Mm -hmm. And I also noticed when I was pregnant, everyone wanted to talk to you about how you'll never sleep again and how hard it is and all of those hard parts. But guess what no one talked about? The overwhelming love that makes it all worthwhile that you feel in the quiet moments when you're alone with your child in the dark Mm -hmm. that just completely takes over your body and that makes you get up in the middle of the night fifteen thousand times with that child i just think that in our culture this can be the the healthy side of this age of technology is that can Mm -hmm. we reach awareness and expansion and freedom through knowing about matrescence, through knowing that everyone behind these closed doors is having different details, same experience, before it gets too far down the line, before our kids leave our home, before they become teenagers, before, right? Before that pain point, does it have to get so strong? Is what I'm thinking mm-hmm. about when we have more access to these ideas while we're still really in the trenches of raising these children. What do you think about that?
1: I think, well, as uh, someone who does get contacted by grannies and grandparents. Right, mothers, it's never too
0: late, uh, it's never over. Yes, 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 yes.
1: And they will message me and they share mm. with me little snippets of their life. And so this, these are now women in their 60s and 70s who are hearing of matricians for the first time. And mm. it's, it's like radical to yeah. witness what this word means to them, right. to their children, and then their relationship to the grandchildren. So all of a sudden now we have opportunities for the legacies that we are all part of to to change direction.
0: So true.
1: And so when we start to then work back from, from there, like when I think about the work of Dana Raphael, when I think about these women who have become torchbearers of this, like it, it, it is being revived time and time again. And as you were touching on, like in Australia, there is a huge awareness, like Amy Taylor-Kabaz is a yes. huge figure right. in the um, matrescence field. And have, I have worked with Amy because I really loved how she was bringing the, you know, it, it's not this like... It's not such a concept that we can be like, oh, it's so lovely and felt, but we can't, there's no tangible way to work with it. And that's not true because what she's talking about is revolutionary. We bring it into workplaces, we educate employers, mm-hmm. yes. we hold them accountable for the the person who is coming back to you after maternity leave is changed. Mm. And we need to account and harness that wonderful change because of the potential that she brings with her now, as opposed to forcing the mother out because the conditions do not support um, her transition into motherhood as well. You yeah. know, it's it's again, going back to the different aspects, the different matrescence allows us this lens to look at motherhood through. You know, some mothers are more affected by the loss of their career, whereas other women's. for me, it was an identity piece. I I felt like I had lost myself. I had no idea that an identity crisis was actually very common. Mm -hmm. For other mothers, it's the sense of um, finances. You know, so being, being able to realize that there's all these moving parts of it that come under this term matrescence and I, I just think it's such a gateway into possibility and understanding where we we do have a responsibility now to take the little bits of that torch and carry it forward and pass it on so the next person that we speak have you heard of matrescence no i haven't what is it and then all of a sudden they're telling their friends Yep.
0: Oh yeah, and I'm think, watching people that I talk to just in my my clients or my friends this week. No, oh my goodness. And i yeah. watched them just their shoulders come down yeah. and their face light up and just to feel recognized.
1: Yes. I think there's so much work done previously historically around, you know, in particular, um, I think it was, was it Betty Friedan who was talking about this idea that which has no name. So there's so many things within... Mm-hmm roots of uh, that has feminist roots where women are recognizing that we all feel this but it has no name so why does it have no name why is there <laughs> such pushback um for mums talking about this why does us recognizing that such a period exists such as matrescence why is it so difficult for society and other people around us parts of society to acknowledge that with motherhood comes this incredible reckoning and I think part of it is to do with the fact that when we recognise that, and when we pay true homage to this, then we have no choice but to recognise the magnitude of what mm-hmm. happens when we become mothers. And society does not want that; does not is not ready for that. Otherwise, we would have affordable childcare, good part time, flexi time options. You know, so it's it's a massive. Sometimes it can seem overwhelming at times to think about the change that we are all striving for and the recognition. And at the same time, it's like, don't think of that. Just one step at a time. Conversation by conversation.
0: Yes. The messy magnitude is what comes to mind, right? Exactly. Like how society would need to completely reorganize. And I was reading about how, you know, a lot of the the first wave feminist movement too, where women went back to work, a lot of that was really necessitated on the economy. Yeah. It really was necessitated on the fact that like to have a family became, it became necessary to have two incomes, right? And so the financial piece is huge of how we value, what we value. And then we're in this consumer machine that is just constantly telling us we need more. Do we really, like how much freedom do we really have within our lives to have a, to create a life that's sustainable and aligned with who we are? But I love what you said too, because it is so easy to get overwhelmed in the macro sense of what needs to change. And we're to some degree powerless over a lot of that, But when we come back to what we do have power over, which is our individual lives, which is in this moment, can I return to my body? Can I show gentleness and respect and consciousness towards myself? All of those parenting methods need to, it needs to be relationship. It needs to go both directions. Yes. Right. But, but, and so much unfolds and lives do change and new ideas pop in and new freedoms become accessible and we become brave enough. We, we get, we, that fear and that anxiety and that, and that grief that is necessary to feel. And that's a part of the Mm -hmm. process. I find it, it gets out of the way and there's the strength that's Mm -hmm. inside of us that was never missing. It just was covered up with a Mm -hmm. lot of self-protection and wounding and in my, in my world, an inner child Mm -hmm. that has felt ignored and scared and lonely and and incapable of handling what they need to handle are still stuck in time thinking that they need to be the mother still stuck in time thinking they need to be responsible for this household. But I absolutely agree, like your corner of the universe is where you have your power. And there is such there's such tentacles of change Mm -hmm. that that flow from that naturally. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. And I think it speaks so beautifully to that legacy piece, because I know now the direction in which my children's futures will go Mm. cannot help but be shaped by the changes their father and I are trying so hard to implement and to Meet each other with, even though it's difficult and we're challenging deeply held beliefs from both of us, and yet we also know that we want it to be different. For we want them to know things are possible for them that society would have them believe isn't possible for their mother. So I, hmm. I, 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 I think that's when it comes back to that that corner of the universe piece again. You know. Like it's what we do behind our own closed doors and how we treat ourselves, and then how that expands and how that creates momentum. and then how that shifts future generations as well,
0: oh, absolutely. and and in this world that feels so overwhelming and scary, mm. and there's so much pain and tragedy that we're exposed to and that's happening, i that's that's my mission, I feel like, is to plant those seeds of empowerment and unconditional love in parents because they have mm-hmm. that power to raise these children who have gifts baked in that we want them to freely be able to offer the world and not have it all be covered up with unprocessed pain mm-hmm. and self-doubt and fear of their own power. Yeah, That's not essential to being a human that's cultural conditioning emotional intolerance and the parent programming that's just been unconsciously passed down until now
1: yeah and you know and who and I think this question always gets me who does that serve Mm -hmm. because it's when we really look at it doesn't serve me, it doesn't serve my children to grow up knowing that there's a time limit on their freedom of right. love and life. That one day the to- the clock is ticking, and when they, should the day come, ever become parents, then that's it. They're now, right. uh, it's a life of servitude. Um, sure, sure, sure. And so, and then I think again, like bigger constructs, who does that benefit? Because it's not you and I, and it's not our children that will grow up to be adults one day. It, it, those are not the people it serves.
0: Well, and I wonder too, and I want to talk about your brave 12 uh, week coaching program mm. with women. I want to hear all about it and I want everyone to hear about it. And I'm wondering if you're already seeing, and I see this with the women I work with and I'm increased, I'm always evolving and I'm increasingly getting these ideal clients that are mothers. And the podcast is helping that and calling out to these ideal people that get it and want to go deeper. And I hear my mothers I work with say, Jacqueline, I have art. I want to create. Yes, I I always, I I have photos I want to be taking. I I'm, I'm overcoming those, those doubts that are stopping me from bringing my gifts forward. And are you finding that with the women that you're unleashing from Mm. the patriarchal Mm. shame to look with fresh eyes at what they have inside of them and be able to bring it to the world?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Like I've worked with artists who Mm. like that there. To deny themselves access to their creativity is suffocating them. And yet the piece around who am I to believe that I can create something beautiful for the world that I deserve to be recognized for financially. So who am I as a woman Hmm. to believe that I have these gifts that I can put out into the world because now we're into the world of finance and finances is a, can often be a very dirty place to be for many women, um, again, for lots of different reasons. Yeah. And so for women in particular, who perhaps were financially independent, they perhaps chose to be a stay at home mom, as in not being financially recognized for the work that they do at home, yeah. to then make that leap to being paid for something that they love to do. So it's, these are such magnificent, massive shifts um for a lot of mums yeah that this thing that I have always loved that thought perhaps was a hobby has become a whole new lease of life as a result of the spiritual transformation that they may Mm. have gone through as a mother to now believing in themselves enough to put it out into the world but I also like I've worked with therapists I've worked with you know mums who run their own businesses I've worked with mums who are at home with their children right now concentrating and being at home And some of the things that come up would be like the recognition that I'm so ashamed to be caught resting on the couch. Yes. So it it is the creative side. And then it's also the the work that is done, those like seemingly small moments that have such a massive shift because one mum was saying that for her, like the idea of her husband coming home and she happened to be on the couch or relaxing at that point, her immediate would be to want to jump up or to oh to somehow justify and without having realized how deeply that had taken hold of her so like it's incredible when we have a space and an opportunity to actually reflect on what our life demonstrates as opposed to what we think happens and oh I would know I never do that and yeah I'm quite happy Um, apportioning yeah. time to myself and yet does your life demonstrate it? And very often it demonstrates some things that perhaps we haven't quite seen.
0: Again, yes, it's, it's accessing the full spectrum of humanity, of the yeah. human experience. Regardless of what place we're in or what gender we are, we are still behavior managing ourselves. And, yeah. and I, I know that mothers, and this is something I've, I've reprogrammed and healed in me of... There's no one in my home, but I feel shame about the mess in it. But no mm. one is literally seeing it. I'm performing for an invisible audience, right? Like there's <laughs> yeah. no one even seeing me on the couch, but I still feel shame about it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like those pathways are so ingrained <laughs> about what it take, what what we were told it takes to be good. Yeah, and it's not real.
1: Yeah, it's not it real.
0: It's sustainable. It's just not. It ha it comes out sideways. Yeah, it, it does has to go somewhere. And it, you know the the cost,
1: mm. I think, is only truly realised later in life yes. when when we are confronted with the unfulfilled dreams and the unlived parts of our lives that perhaps as we get older and get more wisdom, we realise. Wow, that was completely unnecessary. Sure. Nobody actually asked me for that. Society insidiously implied that that's what I right. should be doing. But my children and my usually their partners are not the people who demand that of them.
0: No. Your children. What what is that quote? The greatest burden of a child is the unlived life of the mother. Yes. Yeah. And I I'm proud to say, and everyone doesn't have to start a podcast though. You certainly can. It's not that hard. And we want to hear what you have to say, but you know, it's so funny. My daughter had a sleepover the other day with two of her best friends. And I heard her say, y'all look, my mom has a podcast. Look, my mom is on Instagram teaching people. (laughs)
1: Look,
0: she was in Haiti. There's a picture of me in Haiti that I pulled out recently when I was in my twenties doing field work. Look. And I, I thought that is the best thing. could ever ask for and she's watching me live my life and knowing that's available for her too that's her normal yeah my mom lived her dreams
1: Mm. without even questioning it it, as a a shot isn't it isn't it so beautiful Mm. to have that
0: and that is very unusual I would imagine for Scotland in the 70s 80s i can see how much your mother meant to you just the way Mm. your face changes when you speak about her
1: yeah she was you know she is absolutely one of the greatest loves of my life Mm. and i am one of those people who was very very lucky and privileged to have had that relationship with her and at the same time i have also recognized you know through therapy and i'm training to become a psychotherapist at the moment as well um, oh. yeah and looking at those family dynamics and realizing that that you know at what point did things definitely cross over into codependency as well so it's it, it's 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 an incredible gift i think to have had that type of relationship with my mother and i carry it with me always
0: Ah. Oh. It's so beautiful. I also have a mother who is always learning with me, mm-hmm. always seeking. We share a lot of the same passions of mm-hmm. being curious and up for growth. And I'm beyond grateful to have her also mm-hmm. still in human form Yeah. to, 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 but, but as you said, not too late because she kind of had an awakening, um, with divorce in my later life. And mm-hmm. that's when she really came home to herself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It, I think it's never too late. I wasn't there for the play by play necessarily. Cause I was off in my own life already, but our closeness has allowed me to bear witness to it. And it's been the impact on me. I can't even quantify
1: Because it transcends then mother and daughter, doesn't it? It becomes about two people witnessing and bearing witness to the humanity again, that piece that you spoke of. Because ultimately that's outside of this caregiving role that we have when they're young and meeting their needs. Eventually, I have to face my children and as adults knowing that I hope that they will understand that I did the best that I thought I could with what I had at the time and at the same time I I pushed boundaries and I challenged norms and I'm sure there will be consequences to that of course when they're mm-hmm. older when I have to pay that price but it's a price I'm prepared to pay Um mm. I, I do it knowingly that I am trying to instill in them the confidence to challenge what they have been told is possible for them
0: and and when we are again so tender with ourselves when we reclaim unconditional love within ourselves which is absolutely available and possible and we're the only ones now to really give it right Mm -hmm. in the way that changes us from the inside out when they will inevitably come and say this really hurt me or this really affected me When we can hold ourselves with such tenderness and grace and compassion, we can be big enough to say, thank you. I am so sorry. Tell me more
1: Yeah,
0: and hold it with them in the way that they deserve and they need because we're holding ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we have to do that now as mothers. And that's what we're so passionate about right so tell, yeah. us about your, tell us about your work I want people to know I, I want to know more and I know they want to know more
1: um thank you and um yeah so I when I first set up when I like going back to when my second child was coming up for one I knew at that point that I had started conversations with mothers publicly. Mm-hmm. I was to- I was becoming more confident to talk about my lived reality. Wow. So that led me down a path of choosing at that time how best I could support other mums through these conversations. And at that time, it was to become a coach. Right. So I certified as a coach in 2017 so I had been working with mums as a coach one-to-one and then I created a group program and I realized immediately the group has my heart Um, Mm. because it offers like an opportunity to to hear people speak about something that in their words through their life experience that all of a sudden you're like I that's exactly what I've been trying to talk about but I didn't have the words and I didn't even know it was that until I've heard someone else describe it and so I have had the privilege of working facilitating uh, Brave now since the end of 2018 I run it twice a year now and it's really apart from some workshops that I do it's the only it's the only way to work with me now because I'm third year now in my master's degree for um, becoming a therapist, clinical oh, practice, wow. as you know. Yeah. Like it, I, I'm so consumed by study and work and I love it all. So the, the group program is what allows me to still mm-hmm. gather with. And there are mums who are based in Australia who take part. There's a mum from America who's taking part. There's mums from the UK, from Ireland, from Europe, different parts of Europe. And here we gather and we, although it's it's a gathering of mums, it's not about our, it's not about logistics. It's not about right. getting out the door on time. Sure, sure, sure. The, the thing that we have in common, the women who take part in Brave and it changes every round, as you know, you were talking about how you draw women in. As I deepen into my understanding of what happened to me. Yes. When I became a mum, so too does the type of mums that are attracted to the the words that I use or the work that I do. So I now find myself sitting in circle with mums during these programs who are 18 years into their motherhood or they're six years into their motherhood. They're three years into their motherhood and they are hungry to explore like what happened to me? What is what is happening to me? Who am I becoming? And what is the cost of having to let go of who I thought I was? So it's it's like this really deep exploration into self in the company of other mums who want to do it too.
0: Hungry for their humanity. It's hungry for,
1: you know, because everybody shows up so, with such a different, and as someone who runs their own business, you know how difficult, like people will tell you, you know, when you're talking about your program, you have to explain clearly what people are going to get. And I'm like, I, I can
0: And then like, we're just creating the space and watching it happen. It's beautiful. It's yes. amazing. It's co-creative. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm just as much from the women I work with, I say, thank you. I'm yeah. so stimulated and I'm so inspired and I am evolving with them. Yeah. Right? And like, how, how do you put that? This is what yeah. you'll
1: get when you right, take and right, you know, right, I'm right, like, oh. right. and so it, it's the, the trusting of the, the people who usually work with me in this program. They themselves will tell me, I, I don't really know why I'm here. I just know I need to be here.
0: Oh, I love that. The little <laughs> call, the little yes. pull, just answer that email make that phone call yes. yes and then it's and
1: it's like there's no like oh it's this and it's that and it, it's literally a, a meeting of we were supposed to be here at this point in time to gather now and there's an acceptance so it's I'm forever blown away by that peace that magic that un, that it's intangible I don't know what you I don't know how you measure it I don't know what you call it but it it it's very much a part of how brave becomes every round the people who gather.
0: I can't, I can't agree with you more around that. I was just saying, I have these like soulmate clients coming in, these mothers. And one of them said, I, I saw you on a local Facebook group y- a, over a year ago. I don't even know. And, and, and I felt the call to reach out to you now, yeah. or, yeah. you know, I have, I have these, these mothers say, I don't know why I just thought of you. And I wanted to reach out because I want this work for me. Yeah. And so it is it is incredible, those little pings, those little non-rational like, desires that we have. I just want to encourage all of you, not just to work with us, but to do whatever <laughs> yeah. that voice is telling you to do is that reclamation of this internal compass that is, I mm-hmm. think, very mystical, very magical, very comforting and guiding us along the trail of breadcrumbs to, back to wholeness.
1: Yes. Carl Jung said it was the
0: subconscious mind, spiritual circles, Celtic mysticism, right? People say that it's spirit, it's your higher self, it's your future self, it's your soul. I find that so Mm awe-inspiring. And I love that you're naming that with me.
1: Mm, Yeah, me
0: too. And we need more of that in the clinical space. We do. Yeah I think
1: so too because it goes beyond like how how can we ever imagine sitting in space and holding space, space with someone and relying only on things that can be seen and can be measured and of course right. they too are important however right. there 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 has to be room for the unknown and the immeasurable but very felt and very experienced.
0: Yes and and I'm passionate about the the idea of the wounded healer. I only, I mean, I just teared up with you talking about your mother because I've put so much focus on my work to do this deep healing that my children absolutely came in to call me towards such a beautiful gift and something I did not expect in my matrescence, Mm -hmm. And something that has been the most beauty yielding, gut wrenching, fulfilling work. But the clinician, the teacher needs to have have had been down in the dark yes. cave with you to give that energetic transmission, that true felt sense of empathy, and you are not alone. And there's nothing wrong with you for being here. Mm. I've been here too. Yes, and I, I, isn't that what's so magical about
1: finding? the the connection because there are people who have contacted me that i have never been where they are
0: Mm, yeah the details of it
1: yes and sometimes it's like depending on the context and the wound sometimes we need the person who has been there and who has walked that path and can not walk it for us but show us that this is walkable Mm -hmm. and I think that's really important as well that sometimes the we are not the right person for everyone. I certainly have I know I'm definitely not um <laughs> the right person for everyone. Mm-hmm. But when you find that person it is it's truly incompatible then that 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 feeling of rightness or just that feeling of even the discomfort that comes but it still feels okay and it still feels safe to be in that discomfort and I think that's such an incredible piece of the work
0: yes felt safety is the medicine yeah it's the medicine and I know you're providing it to women all over the world I mean I am curious what you do here on the other side though of brave from women that have walked this journey Mm. with you like what do they you know it's not about behavior outcomes for the children it's a I, I know there are probably improved there's yeah. p- improved harmony, there's improved collaboration, there's improved flow throughout their their day-to-day, I would hope. Um, but I wonder just what, what you hear on the other side of that program for women.
1: Funnily enough, because we're, the current program that I'm running just now, we've just finished week six and we're heading into week seven. So this is the point at which, um, we're, you know, we've kind of started on the high and we're like, yeah, and then it's like the descent into <laughs> right. underworld and it's like everybody's kind of digging through. But usually in about week two or three, there's a few jokes around, you know, my partner's actually asking is this the best thing for us right now? Are you for me okay?
0: To...
1: Yeah, like, are you sure that this course is, you know, benefiting you? Because a lot of what we do in Brave is we peel back. Like, whose responsibility is this? What conversations are you not having and why? Where's the self-responsibility piece here in terms of if you're not going to take responsibility for your happiness, then can we at least name who you expect will do it, even though you perhaps haven't named it to them? Mm. So where's the expectations? So one of the biggest outcomes for Brave, for the mums who start here, dive deep, trudge through, come back up and come out the other side.
0: Brave hearts.
1: The brave hearts, and it's the nine times out of ten, the piece that stays with them is the work of Nathaniel Brandon, um, who opened up my eyes to this whole concept of self responsibility. No one is coming to save you and that's except not to say you, ex- except for you and it's not to say that we are all so individual and we cannot create connection and community, but ultimately. There are things in our lives that we have to let go of because it isn't our responsibility.
0: Mm-hmm. And there are things
1: that we have to reclaim because we've absolved ourselves of that responsibility, yes. perhaps without even realising it. So the, the the biggest, most transformative piece for many mothers who take part in Brave is the freedom to be themselves and take and live the life that they are now actually Taking responsibility for, their happiness, their desires, their wants, which in turn has a knock-on effect in their relationship as well.
0: Oh, I I just love
1: it so much. Uh, See, I wrote this program for me. Like, Brave was born, yeah, I wrote it for me. And I was that woman who wasn't taking responsibility. I was the woman who wasn't having the conversations but was waiting I was waiting on all these permissions and things to come into my life, but I, I couldn't wait anymore.
0: Well, and that's what is so incredible. And it's the surprise ending that we don't want you to have to blindly get to by yourself. We can tell you, you are the answer. You are your own hero. You are your best friend. You are your, your lover, your cheerleader, your solid base, and these little micro shifts. And I've even worked with, I'm working with a man right now, and it's so fulfilling to be giving this to the masculine right Mm -hmm. around. You can celebrate that little victory you had at work, like inside your car, you can soothe yourself and say, Hey, I am safe. I am okay. I'm loved. I have everything I need. I'm watching his nervous system relax because, and this is what I help mothers do: these little micro moments where we're rewiring these neural pathways to embody goodness and safety within our lives. Yeah, and it's absolutely possible. And I just want every single human to be doing it. Yeah, I
1: agree. <laughs> yeah. Right?
0: and then our kids just have it baked in because yeah. they have it baked in. And then it gets messed up, and then we maybe reclaim it later. And what we want to do is internalize it, and then just exude it. Yeah, and that's possible at whatever stage we're in.
1: Yes, it's so possible, and there's such freedom and excitement and joy. I think yes. to be found in that redefining.
0: Exactly, it's not all work. It's so. It can it can bring in so much peace. Yes. Once you've gone into the cave, though, right? Like I yeah. love that Carl Young quote: the, "The treasures you seek are in the darkest cave that you're avoiding." Essentially, is yeah. what saying. And ain't that the truth?
1: Yeah, and it's so energy consuming avoiding, even because you're you're pretending to yourself, and you can't pretend to yourself, but you're still pretending to yourself that there is no cave. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. but the, yeah, but the cave is all. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I love that.
0: Mm. I am just so honored that you said yes to me. And of course, I think it was no mistake at all yeah, that for whatever you. reason you said, sure, this American stranger, I'll talk to her. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was lovely to speak with you, Anne.
0: Mm, gosh. And I, I just, so tell us, where can folks reach you and connect with you if they want more Matrescence goodness from you? And um, the
1: best way to connect with me is on instagram and mm-hmm. um, that's where like that's where i have co-created this incredible community of moms really? who who yeah who are willing to have the conversation so instagram is the best place to find me on
0: do you identify as a poet
1: also i'm getting there uh this is i would never have before and motherhood has unleashed it has set something it has created or not created because it was always there I perhaps just didn't tap into as deeply as I cannot help but do now and so now I am slowly and surely, because then what kind of woman is a poet? It goes back to this, the stories that the narratives that I have around what it means to be a poet and what it means to be a writer. Right. So I am slowly and surely, but absorbing that piece that other people see in me, perhaps that I have yet to see in myself.
0: Uh, well, I see it. I, I mean, mm. these, these posts, you guys, she does with a black screen and talking about going into the sea mm. and swimming and seeing the horizon and connecting to her mother and the children on the shore. It is so, so beautiful. Only the Irish and the Scottish can really... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that cultural legacy <laughs> of just, oh, such, such poetry and, and lyricism and beauty and mysticism. I just... Thank you. see it and appreciate it so deeply, and I want more people to to be in your world for mm. sure because we need it.
1: Thank you. That means a lot
0: well, more soon, I am sure, and I will be beating the drum of matrescence <laughs> over here in the in the southeastern United States to spread the word and thank spread you for bringing word. it to my doorstep.
1: yeah, uh, thank you for having this conversation um and I'll be banging the drum over here too, so yes. in solidarity.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Bye. Thank you, Anne. Bye-bye.
0: Thank y'all so much for being here and spending your precious time and energy and brain space on this world that I'm creating. And please, if this feels resonant with you and you think of people that you want to share this with, I want this to be spread far and wide. It's not about me. It's about the work and the ideas and how much we need to elevate our environment and have as many of our friends and family and as many parents and people waking up to themselves, their own power and how good life can get. Love you guys.